And we should know, of course, that the theme of Mass is never did you enjoy it. Or even were you fulfilled or did you get something out of it. Even traditionalists use that word, but they should not. I didn't get anything out of that Mass. And, and then one thinks that it's a question of nostalgia. I hate that word, by the way. That anytime people accuse, uh, when we are accused of nostalgia, we ought vehemently to repudiate that. The essence of nostalgia is that in the past we had some pleasant experience, a, a first love, a moonlight cruise, a kiss, Peace on earth or good Christmas. And then uh, 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 there's a, in, in the future, as time goes by, the memory of things past is turned on by some accidental association. And there's this sweet taste of the past. Now that's a touching phenomenon. But anyone who, dis who, who worries about the state of worship, it's not that we're nostalgic for incense, or if we are, that's not the right theme. We should not articulate this. The theme is this, do we have here something fitting for the worship of God? Beauty is fitting. Sacredness is fitting. Incense is fitting. Lofty language is fitting. And we who want this restored are not nostalgic. This is a vicious word which we ought to repudiate. And I could go on and on, but I just want to note a few things that in holy orders, in Davies' book, The Order of Melchizedek, and I've got, I sold about uh, 20 of copies. I can't remember if it's printed here or in America, probably both places. I think you have Augustine Publishing here, which handles it. And I know I can get copies where I am. That... He notes that in the new ordinal, there are certain optional prayers which refer to the old idea of sacrificing priests, which is the only raison d'etre of a priest. In the moment, for a Roman Catholic priest, he's not a minister, he's a priest. But as, as Davies notes, there's no mandatory one, and we all know how options go. If you're allowed to use certain things, you must use them. That's one type of option. And if you're allowed to use other things, you never use them. And a combination of must and never has brought us to this. The options sometimes are attractive, but almost no one uses the option of the first canon. And almost everyone uses, uh, instead of optional vernacular, it's mandatory vernacular and so on, so that it's perfectly possible for a whole batch of priests to be ordained not once, having a mandatory prayer with, with reference to their sacrificing role. Now, does this make them invalidly ordained? I think that's kind of dangerous to say. I think the enemy loves us when we get hysterical. He's invalid. Everything's invalid and, and so on. I mean, no, I mean we, we ought to have a little sense about degrees and so on. It's, I don't think that's a danger at all. In other words, ontologically speaking, the sacrament takes. There's all kinds of power of the sacraments. The church does have the authority to determine certain formulas, and the effect is ex opere operato. But the damage is done in consciousness, not in reality. That what one is aware of, what one understands by it, 
And I know some beautifully new ordinands who have been ordained in the new order who are great priests. They understand exactly what they're doing, and they are ready for martyrdom, too. But I have a lot of other young priests who don't have a ghost of a hint about their major uh, mission in life, to offer sacrifice. They think their, their raison d'etre is to build community in this horizontal way, and they practice smiles in front of a mirror, and, and, and they use dentifrice and all that. This is the sense of, of the thing. Now, when it comes to uh, catechetics, to go back to this again, I think catechetics is, is a strange thing that, as I said, the Dutch catechism was the arch heresy of our era, and the local catechisms were equally heretical, but much more stupid, and sometimes not even stupid, they were empty. The typical catechism would be the sacrament of baptism, they have beautiful artwork showing you people fishing in a river, or someone taking a shower, or something like this. And this, I mean, apparently they had this mysticism of water, the way Feuerbach did. Feuerbach is the great evil genius of this stupidity. But uh, in general, I mean, they were just harmless pap. Nobody, we've turned out one full generation of religious illiterates. But the penny catechism looks like the Summa Theologica to them. When they come to university, if you give them the penny catechism, boy, you're getting deep. They've been deprived of this. But, so therefore, the catechism is one great disaster, and, and that's another thing to think of in eternity. I wrote a modern catechism around your neck. You're going to have a lot of fun with this. I'll probably wear a different sign, which is still worse. I hated all this. But Rome was good. To its credit, to the credit of Cardinal Wright, the catechetical directory, the, the general catechetical directory, was about the best document I've seen on this whole problem of catechetics. It was put out something like 10 years ago, and the liberals were worried. They sent these panic notes that we'd better de defuse this or else it's going to grab hold quick. So they managed to neutralize it totally. It has had no impact whatsoever on catechetics. But at least you could say that in, because Rome was good, but Rome was impotent, false catechetics about the mass, the priesthood, the real presence, sin, redemption, the whole thing, uh, inundated the church. And we were therefore catechetically defenseless against the error. Our generation knew better, but those who are formed, they are the victim. Mostly the young people, people the age of my children have no faith, practice no religion. They wander like lost sheep on college campuses, and they are ready victims for every nutty cult. And then they start wearing Hindu beads and everything else, and that's like, man, that's real ritual. Uh, now, I'd like to close with this, that what is the problem now? Well, I think we have a church in ruins. I think that if we were to speak in a metaphor of building, it's as if almost every sublime cathedral were bombarded. And these beautiful steeples, a mass of rubble, a few facades still stand, above all a few jewels of chapel.
here and there. But in general, the church is in ruins. We have real identity crises. It's not really funny among the clergy. These are the greatest victims because they were not prepared in many ways for what happened. They, they've been, they, and they are the tormented. They're caught between everything, between the laity's expectation, unreasonable uh, abuses of authority, uh, all these workshops, lest they have time to pray or, or think something through. And we have this identity crisis. We have this tremendous loss of faith in the real presence. When people tell me how wonderful the church is, uh, the, this new church is, and how we're having this renewal and so on, I, my, my one point is, but how many benedictions do we have? How many times do we have people going to church before the Blessed Sacrament? Oh, everybody proclaims Jesus as Lord and we have all these theses and everything else. Renew, renew, renew. But the Lord is believed by De Fido teaching to be in that sacristy. And it becomes more and more lonely. And to be, to be there in the sanctuary, it becomes more and more lonely and the churches are locked. And this tells me the church is sick. There is no renewal. It's decadent. It's almost morbidity. And all this frenzied action is like, a, like the, the death rattle of a maddened people who have lost any sober faith, any faith at all. And we ask ourselves this, that we have all these sacrilegious masses. They no doubt are invalid masses because of total invalid matter. For example, one year ago, my own bishop, on Holy Thursday, offered his mass with invalid matter. Big honey cakes and everything. And a scandal, and they're still doing it. So this is serious. This is what we should get after. I mean, when they have actually, and Rome has spoken, but one wonders if there's any discipline. Is there any teeth to the directives? Are there any teeth to the directives of Rome? One wonders. Now, I remember when von Hildebrand was alive, we used to talk about strategy all the time. And I am not about to advise people on strategy here, but... There was one school of thought which had this conviction that our entire strategy should be to so denounce the old mass, pardon me, the new order, to say it's invalid, it's stupid, it's this and this and this, that authority would come to its senses and give us back the old uh, right. I wonder if that's possible now. I, I say that that should, in any case, when Hildebrand and I even agree, he told me this, he said, no, no, the strategy should have been coexistence. Now, you have the indult here, and I'm not sure how freely it, it's used and, and how much you're at the mercy of arbitrary abuse by intermediate authority, but I think the strategy has to be in the name of simple justice, if not canon law, that we ought to get back the privilege that any priest at any time, for, in any church, is allowed to use the old missile. And I think this Pope could do it. Uh, by the way, if you ask me if there's any hope, I think, humanly speaking, he's the greatest hope. I know many people are disappointed in one or another thing, but one of the things I love, by the way, is that he's a phenomenologist, like my dear Von Hildebrand. In fact, he, his doctorate was on Max Scheler, 
and von Hildebrand was a great friend of Scheler, and this pope thinks much more like von Hildebrand. In fact, many of Hildebrand's books went to Ludwig. And this pope is highly intelligent. He has beautiful faith. I think he has real kindness, real pastoral concern. He's not nervous. He doesn't have to protect his own work. He doesn't have this pride of an author who is outraged when people don't appreciate his modern genius. And I think we have every right to hope and pray and expect that by a mere announcement, the, it will be formally announced that anybody at any time can say the old missile. You might say, well, that's already possible. And I've heard all these canon law arguments, and they seem to be persuasive. I don't, I'm not fit to enter into this. But at least this is so, many priests don't think it's possible. Many priests feel bound in conscience, for example. They are afraid of disobedience. And I think one of the things to pray for is, is, is this coexistence throughout the church. And I think we have an excellent trend. I think one of the reasons why we don't have it right now is because of hysterical cooks calling this pope Antichrist, the Antipope, because he says for all or something like that, pertuto. You see, we got him, we got him. How stupid can you get? And, and some people, they don't want to win, they just enjoy fighting. Hey, we, this is just so, so I think that this is the one thing, but also I think this, that this problem of uh, uh, the, the uh, Van Hildebrand has something, and I'd like to end with this. My former organization, CUF, Catholics United for the Faith, has two people, Whitehead and, and Lacutus, who wrote a book called The Pope, the Council, and the Mass. And I have to say, at least it's a valiant try. At least these people try to defend certain things which I think are indefensible, but I think they'll be rewarded for their sincerity and their hard work. But one thing running through the book is fatalism. Their whole point is don't fight it, it's here to stay, live with it. And it may be they're right. Please God, they're wrong. It may be they're right. But I just want to make, before I get to my last point, I'll comment on this. This would be the equivalent. Let's say all the cathedrals have been destroyed and all we're left with is a pillbox and a series of pillbox, more or less ugly. That, that's the status. But if everybody cut out all abuses, supposing we really got the new Ordo period, supposing we even had Jubilati Deo implemented, well, it would be the equivalent of this. If you take even the ugliest pillbox and if you have a loving family in it, they put a box of geraniums here. They put gold on the ceiling. They put curtains here. A certain patina occurs on the outside, and they put shrubbery. And within a short time, it's at least a dwelling worthy of a human person. So I would say that if even the worst happened, I don't even know if it's the worst. Some people might think it's the best. But if even the worst happened, this new ordo by said by faithful, sober, reverend priests with no abuses whatsoever and using legitimate options and above all using Gregorian Chan, it could at least achieve pillbox status with patina and geraniums and so on 
And you know, sometimes I'd almost settle for that. I'd say guess. And I still go to the New Order anyhow, but I would almost say, well, let's get on. There are a million other problems going. But I offer that as a kind of consolation that it's not the end of the world. It's a great tragedy. But it's not the end of the world. And apropos of this, also from this book by CUF, they keep insisting the Pope has the authority to give us this new missile. And I absolutely agree. Von Hildebrand's greatest point in this dispute was a brilliant article he once wrote when the new order was seemingly promulgated and, and negated the old. He says, we, we obey, but we do not agree. That's the key point. He insisted on the right respectfully to discuss the merits of this new. Where some people think that we claim the Pope had no right and as Davies said, and as even this moderate friend of mine, of course the Pope had the right that as supreme sovereign of the church, there is no further appeal except to God. So we can always pray that God will change the mind of the Pope, but humanly speaking, there is no other recourse. So the Pope as supreme sovereign could tomorrow order the destruction of St. Patrick, St. Peter's uh, Basilica. He has the right the juridical right, from the point of view of authority, but all of history would point to that man as a barbarian. And so too I say that we, we should not say there was no right of Rome, no, but we should say that this cathedral was such that one wonders whether anyone had the moral right. He had the legal right. One wonders whether anyone had the moral right to deprive the church and worship of that cathedral. But my very final point is this. We need not be so defeatist that Lacutus and Whitehead in this book, The Pope, the Council, and the Mass, it's here to stay, it's here to stay, let's live with it, let's get our pillbox and put the geraniums in. But von Hildebrand in his marvelous work, The Devastated Vineyard, said that it's in no way certain that this new order will last one generation. Right now, I think our beautiful Pope has infinitely complex problems. And I don't know which he thinks has priority. I don't even know which do have priority. I am not about to tell this man what should come first. Should he right away restore the Tridentine Mass and, and put Lefebvre and give him a cardinal's hat? Well, that was one of my dreams. And a couple of good excommunications, too, that, that would help. I didn't, I'd sleep that night. <laughs> we don't know that. I mean, we really, I'd say this, let's be a little modest about that, but at least we can say this, that, if, that time, the church is ultimately wise. We have a lot of uh, blockheads running certain offices, but this church, this church breathed the tradition. This church has been formed. I mean, even in the breviary today, there are beautiful things in the breviary, the new breviary. The scripture is inexhaustible. The tradition of the church, the riches of the church, the saints of the church. And we have every right to hope that these forces will, when the, when the clamor dies down, or at least is somehow made more intelligible, rational, and charitable, these forces will 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 allow church authority to see the devastation 
or at least to see the barrenness of the new right, and I think they'll at least accede to a request at least for coexistence, if not for the restoration of the new right. And all I say is, for this let us pray. That's the only bidding prayer I have. Let us pray to the Lord. Thank you.